What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, um, today's podcast is is going to be split into uh, two, like usual, but I'm going to talk about Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and um, some of the elements that have pervaded um, NBA discourse the last couple of days talking about you know, trolling fans and all this stuff. And then the second half, uh, I'm going to hearken back to uh, CSGs of old, and we're going to talk about uh, Russell Wilson or Russell Wilson um, and uh, how we have come full circle with CSG. But first, we're going to talk about um, what has been going on in the NBA the last two days. And it started really with uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, talking, calling out a fan in the middle of this game. They're playing in San Antonio, the Lakers. And then uh, going into a post-game press conference where he talked about uh, the name Westbrick and how uh, that is disrespectful to his family. And it's, you know, all that stuff. And the interesting thing about this is... um, Every every NBA player goes through the same thing. They go through the same kind of uh, track throughout history because criticism is part of the game, right? Um, but what has been unfortunate the last, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 years um, has been the really the proliferation and advent of Twitter um, coinciding with the pe- player empowerment uh, era. And what that has done is created this weird uh, bubble of, I I can't call it sensitivity, but maybe a weird bubble of awareness. Um, One of the things that has really been very clear to me, at the very least, is that we have entered into an era of players since they've taken control of their own narratives and largely their own careers and all this stuff is that um, the use of Twitter as a tool has kind of um, become a double-edged sword for players. When you think about uh, the player empowerment and the way players have been uh, basically... the masters of their own domain, largely, not always, but, you know, this is the way it has gone since the decision in 2010. When you think about this, um, you think about how much that exposes you to criticism. And one of the things I have struggled with in the last, I don't know, I, I formed my first Twitter account in 2010, so it's been 12 years, um, is that the, 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 Twitter is gives you exposure to every idiot on the planet. It's or so does so to, so it seems because Twitter is a very public, a very communal experience. Um, engagement, all this stuff, your tweets get read, what you say gets reacted to, and what that does is creates this this level of of bubble creating, and NBA players. Um, since they have taken control of their own destinies, um, one of the side effects of this is accepting the fact that you don't are not shielded from the criticism that always comes to NBA players. Um, one of the things that struck me with Russell Wilson, Westbrook's 
um, comments post game was it was this disconnection from uh, the way that he has been perceived for a very long time now. Um, and I'm not an, entirely sure um, how Westbrook could have not been exposed to this. It was kind of unseemly that he used his kid, his kids as a shield against criticism. And there's a difference between criticism and then there's a difference. There's, there's death threats and harm to the family. And if that is going on with Russell Westbrook or any NBA player that needs to be handled, there's no place in uh, the NBA or any athletic endeavor or just public life or just human humanity and decency in general shouldn't have to be, uh, exposed to that bullshit. Um, but on the flip side of that, there is a hypersensitivity to any level of criticism. And you've heard me say this on this podcast that, um, players, since they, they don't differentiate from media and media on Twitter, um, media goes onto Twitter to use, basically promote their own work. Um, I use CSG underscore network to promote CSG. Uh, in the Gen X show, um, I use J Morton 78 to just, you know, post my random bullshit fact, you know, th- whatever comes through my head. Right. But I got something on my Twitter account that is a tweet delete. So it deletes things very frequently. Um, and people have always asked me why I only have a couple, uh, you know, at the most I'll have 150 tweets if I'm, I'm really active in tweeting. That's, that's how I know how much I'm too much on Twitter, basically. Um, and it's it, it and that's max, but it's because there's an automatic thing on my account that deletes the tweets, and I like it that way because I treat it kind of like a week long Snapchat. Basically, is the way I, I, I do it, um, and I do that because um, we say things in the heat of the moment, and 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 that is what athletes have been exposed to since they've taken greater control of their careers. Very online, but very exposed to the shit that they weren't exposed to before. In the 90s, players got bullshit criticism before, but it was usually confined to uh, bars, um, grumbling with on talk shows with, that players didn't listen to generally, newspapers, all the other things that you could really insulate yourself from. Well, since players have largely taken control of their own destinies when it comes to... Uh, Um, having exposure to um, vast amounts of fans who are following their Twitter accounts is that you get exposed to the morons. And the morons are the ones who are just there to troll you. Now, Kevin Durant made some comments about it, which was once again, not didn't help things. And um, Kevin Durant talked about people criticizing in in reference to... um, Ben Simmons coming back to Philly. I'm of two minds of this because I think I think Philly people have built this way farther up than it needed to be. Um, the guy didn't want to be in your town. I get it. I mean, Carmelo Anthony is still booed in Denver. Um, I've gotten on Mello for not understanding why that is, but I think I think there is a like. There's the media hasn't helped in building up this rage against Ben Simmons, and it's becoming almost comical at this point. So I understand in a sense that there's been built this build up to this moment coming in, and it just doesn't need to be because you got to take the W, uh, Philly. 
you got you got James Harden, man. You, 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 James Harden is on your team, and you guys are doing good. Um, and it's kind of the way I approached Carmelo Anthony uh, after he was traded. The Nuggets won 50 games that seed that year. Um, they they got the sixth seed in the uh, strike shortened year, and then they got uh, 57 wins in the year after that. You know, at at some point you just gotta get let it let it go. But on the flip side of that, Kevin Durant saying that these people uh, have shitty lives. Um, and that all they want to do is go and troll and boo is, is just stupid. And it is, it reflects this kind of view of, of, of life that is affected by Twitter. And the only conclusion that I've really been able to come to lately is that I think a lot of people would benefit from unplugging from Twitter for long periods of time, other than to just promote something. Um, and athletes definitely, definitely need to be included in this. You don't need to be on Twitter that much and see everything that every bullshit person says. And I've cussed a lot in this thing, but I, it just, it's stupid. We as a society are far too, far too exposed to, to just the people who say bullshit on, on, on Twitter. It's, it's, they are saying things either to troll or to, um, you know, be just obstinate and all that stuff. And then there's the fake accounts and all that stuff. You, you, if you just do the Nikola Jokic and unplug, I can guarantee you Nikola Jokic's life has probably been a lot more rea- relaxing since he's no longer on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. And I think there's a lesson here. And there's a lesson for NBA players like if you if there's a, you can like get criticized and and I think the most important people to criticize players are coaches and uh, maybe some management and your family um, you don't need to hear everything every fan has to say about you you don't need to get the dopamine of praise nor do you need to get the depression of criticism from people you don't know and you get addicted to it. You get addicted to looking at it. It creates a self, you know, perpetuating kind of circle where the criticism feeds into obstinance. The obstinance leads to bad decision making. The bad decision making leads to criticism, which leads to obstinance. You know, it's this big, it's this big giant circle of, of suck. And quite frankly, it doesn't need to be that way. It does. It really doesn't. We you know, we are too online as, as a, as a, as a people. We are too exposed to what other people think as if that matters. You know, people are far too concerned about a bullshit tweet getting 15,000 likes. Who cares? I mean, who cares really? Um, most of the populace is not on Twitter. And, and, and I think it's the ones who are on Twitter that think that it's everything. And that, goes with athletes and the fact that they take take control of their own, which is great. They take control of their own destinies here, which is really what's been going on in the NBA for so long. But they doesn't, you don't need to obsess on Twitter. You don't need to see everything that happens there. Um, this has led to fans being eject, ejected in games. Um, and quite frankly, uh, Westbrook got into the with this guy in San Antonio because the guy called him Westbrook. I mean, come on. 
You just don't need to do that. You don't need to engage with someone. You give them the power. And it seems like what has happened is trolls have taken over all these social media things to the point where engaging with them just gives them all the power. And and it just, it's it's stupid. And, And NBA players need to disconnect, unplug, take control of your careers, but you don't need to see all the BS that is written about you, which is uh, said about you on Twitter by randos or anything like that. You don't need to. Unplugging is great. Take the Nikola Jokic approach. Unplug. You will be a lot more relaxed and you won't be worrying about things day to day to day to day. It's just not worth your time. All right. Uh, before I get on to the next uh, segment, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They were always online at bfwdenver.com. You can get yourself some reds, you can get yourself some whites, you can get a rosé. Uh, if you go down to the dairy block, they got partnerships with Western Slope wineries that you can try out there. Uh, my personal favorite is the 2017 Cabernet. When the, when the Zinfandel that is finished in uh, whiskey barrels comes back, you know I'm going to be trying that. They also got the Blake Street Blend, which is really, really awesome. There's just a lot of stuff to try, and it really is the best wine bar in Denver. Uh, it's my personal favorite. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Always online at bfwdenver.com, where you can book yourself a virtual wine tasting or get yourself a bottle for shipment, delivery, or curbside pickup. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcasts sent you. Okay, we've... the Broncos pulled off a trade, and they got um, old CSG favorite Russell Wilson, or as Ross used to say, Russell Wilson, um, former Rockies draft pick. Um, the Broncos have come full circle, folks. This podcast has been long enough to see Russell Wilson come back as your quarterback of your Denver Broncos. I have no real substantive thoughts about this, by the way. Um I'm a little concerned, as someone who's a Broncos fan, that he's a bit beat up um, and that um, he doesn't run as frequently as he used to, um, which was really the key that unlocked the rest of his game. But uh, look, the Broncos need a quarterback. They go out and got a quarterback, and people are excited. And look, as much as shit as I've given Broncos and Broncos media and Broncos fans over the years, um, it's nice to see them happy about something. You know, I'm a Broncos fan. Um, I was not looking forward to the prospect of being um, sold that, um, say, like the Washington Commanders just traded for Carson Wentz, right? I, I would not, as a Broncos fan... I am more happy to be talking about Russell Wilson than I am to be talking about a Carson Wentz or Marcus Mariota uh, or uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or uh, uh, Kirk Cousins or anything like that. I I just was not looking forward to that discourse, I'll be quite honest with you. And I was not looking forward to Broncos media really spinning hard about how this is a upgrade quarterback. Um, Drew Locke went to uh, Seattle. He'll probably be there for one year and then then move on with his career to whatever he's going to do. Um, last year, I suggested that he needed needed to explore basketball again. He was actually a good basketball player. Maybe that is something in his future. Um, but as far as thoughts go, look, 
you know, this is this is CSG, and this tells you how long we have been around. And I will post this on the CSG underscore network uh, Twitter account. Um, and because we talked about Russell Wilson frequently back in 2012, folks. <laughs> That's how long this podcast has been on. His entire career, CSG has been on. And it's it's actually mind-boggling to me. And last night, I yesterday, I tagged uh, Ross and Nate uh, with the former Rockies draft pick, uh, Russell Wilson, because that's how we used to talk about him back in the day. And it is weird to think about how long this podcast has been on. You know, we talked about Russell Wilson a lot. We talked about how it juxtaposed with Brock Osweiler, who was selected in the second round in that draft. It's absolutely stunning to me. And I, I it's it's just, uh, not to go all full old man talk here, but it's amazing to me how this podcast has really been on so long. It's come full circle. Also, as a bit of cleanup here, we are back on Apple Podcasts. Uh, well, we've never left it. But suddenly the subscriptions have come back, so thank God. So uh, if you are subscribed uh, to CSU Podcasts, check your sub boxes. Um, the last three podcasts will be there if you want to go back and check, uh, including this one. So the last four um, that you may have missed. And uh, I'm looking forward to um, kind of talking about where the nuggets go and um, towards the playoffs and when Mike comes back and when uh, Jamal comes back, it's going to be really interesting to, to kind of behold um, how different this team looks as we progress towards the playoffs. Nikola Jokic has become a, uh, uh, one of a kind player. And I'm looking forward to see how he ups his games in the play, his game in the playoffs. And, other than that, I'm kind of, I mean, I, had, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you I'm curious to see how Russell Wilson looks in a Broncos uniform and how this team forms around him. So there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I will be back Saturday with another uh, Saturday morning coffee um, where I'm going to wrap up the week and um, look, be on the lookout for uh, the Gen X show because I'm going to be reviving um, form what was formerly CSG Politics. Uh, that was a popular show I was doing um, last year and the year before. So I'm going to be bringing that back with uh, my co-host Pat, and we're going to be talking about uh, all this stuff that you know that has been going on lately in the news. And I uh, hope you listen. So anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest CSG podcast. I'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye. <laughs>